You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf, your host, as always, faithful and uh, true, hopefully. We uh, would invite everybody here to subscribe to this channel, whether you are listening to this on a podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whether you're watching this on YouTube, on YouTube, click the little bell so that you see all the notifications if you do do it on YouTube and leave a review definitely helps uh, helps make this more accessible to other people and subscribing obviously makes the content knowledge that we're sharing here more accessible to yourself in the future as well. So I encourage everybody to do that. And with that, I want to get on to introducing my guest today who is going to share when and how to hire an interim executive. Um, our guest today is a certified EOS implementer. That means he helps companies implement the entrepreneurial operating system framework for managing a business, and he's, he has his designation of certified EOS implementer. He is a world-class interim executive, which means he comes in as either an interim CEO or head of sales, depending on what the organization needs. Uh, he is a co-author of the book, Exformation, uh, which you'll be able to see behind him in a moment, subtitled Transforming Business Through Interim Executive Leadership, and I'll put links to where you can get that on Amazon in social media and in the description below. Uh, you can find out more about him at cxoserviceco.com. That's cxoserviceco.com. And with that, I give you Damon Neff. Welcome, Damon. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be with you. And I'm very, very happy to have you. Very, very happy to have you on as well. And so with that, I want to get into, you know, what, what I do ask most of my guests to talk about is a quick two-minute background on maybe a little bit of background on where you came from, how you got where you are now, stuff that's not necessarily obvious from your LinkedIn resume that people might check out. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, so I, my career has been a little varied and uh, pretty long. I'm now in my third decade of uh, my professional career. And I've had a few different chapters. And um, I think, you know, one of the things that makes me um, such a, a powerful interim executive and aid to organizations is, is the life experience I've gained through many different high-flying, sometimes hair-raising uh, corporate engagements. Uh, so I graduated college in 1990. And I pretty uh, immediately after graduating, I was hired by a consulting company and was a developer um, developing back in COBOL, <laughs> in COBOL oh. back in the day. Yes, yeah, not too many people developing in COBOL anymore. Uh, but my first assignment was uh, working uh, at a multi-billion dollar retailer inventing or creating an ERP system for them. So essentially a technology platform for their business as a replacement. And you know, one thing led to another, and quickly I found myself in the role of lead developer. And then uh, as that engagement wrapped up and I moved along, I found myself in leadership roles, leading companies through transformation, typically from a tech seat. But the interesting thing about that was back in the day, that's kind of where all IT initiatives lived, was in the technology realm. So the business would say, hey, IT, we need a CRM system, go get one for us. And so uh, companies would engage me to do that. But of course, in order to be successful, those technology initiatives had to be aligned with operations, with strategy, with overall corporate organization. So I had the great fortune early in my career of having um, influence right at the top of organizations leading these game-changing initiatives as a relatively young person. 
And I learned very early on um, some really great dynamics that, that drive and um, create results in high-powered, high-flying companies, uh, typically Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 size clients is who I worked for at the time. And uh, so as a young person leading these initiatives, you may say, well, how could that possibly happen, right? That uh, this young guy just out of college is now leading kind of tech transformation for a household name. And, you know, the reality was at the time, there just weren't a lot of experienced resources who could step in and lead a company through that size change. I just had the great fortune of learning right off the bat what that looked like and I guess having um, some aptitude for it. So that started my journey on the interim executive path. Um, it, back then, interim wasn't even a, a term or a phrase or anything known, but the reality was these organizations would hire me to accomplish their most important strategic initiative oftentimes through technology, and it had impacts across the organization, sometimes across the globe, which gave me a seat at the table with the decision makers, the influencers, the executive team, um, because frankly, they needed to make sure that the things I was leading were going to produce those results. So I did that for about a dozen years and had a lot of great success. Uh, but as some may remember, the dot-com bubble burst around 2001. And that was interesting because it was right after year 2000. So leading up to year 2000, we were leading massive uh, transformations at companies to replace systems that were not Y2K compliant. Mm -hmm. And being opportunists, uh, a lot of executives put their needs kind of in that bucket and said, oh, we need a new system because of year 2000. So when the top, uh, the dot-com bubble burst, what happened was everybody had all these brand new systems because they put it all under the year 2000 banner and um, the tech space kind of dried up. It was really kind of remarkable that when dot-com companies started going under, um, these really big household names doubted themselves. Is their internet strategy right? Um, should they be investing so much in technology? Things like that. And because they had just gone through a whole series of change, it was easy for them to say, we'll just wait a couple of years. So that's when I uh, started my next company. My wife and I started an organization called Disc Nation, the disc golf superstore. Uh, we eventually grew that to be the world's largest retailer of Frisbees. And we had online channels. And we actually were kind of like a supply chain roll up or play in that space, meaning we built our own enterprise technology and allowed manufacturers and retailers to plug into it so that we could provide order fulfillment and distribution services. Uh -huh. So that was, that was a really interesting um, exercise and fun time in my life because it allowed me to grow something from nothing, from an idea, all the way uh, through uh, being a small business that was operating and, and being successful on many levels, but it was way different than the Fortune 500 world. Uh, you know, it was much more about what you do every single day, a lot of the bad habits of politicking and um, sub-initiatives and hidden agendas were gone because you just simply can't have that in entrepreneurial companies. Right. My wife and I sold that company about six years ago, and I, I knew the entire time that we were running that organization that I just loved professional services and wanted to be back in that realm once I was done uh, in, the, in the disc golf space. Mm -hmm. And so in uh, six years ago, I started CXO Service Co. with a focus on providing interim executive leadership to mid-tier and smaller companies. So really helping organizations understand best practices, how to get results and solve problems by bringing my big company experience to smaller organizations where there were fewer barriers roadblocks, inefficiencies in the way that they operated so that we could get real results. Right. Well, that's, 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 a, that's a great introduction. And I, and I guess so it certainly is a good transition to what I, I guess what I really wanted to ask you next, which is, okay, we talked about this interim executive solution here. Before we like you describe what an interim executive is a little bit more than, I mean, obviously we can see that a little bit from what you said about your background. 
but what kind of scenarios do you commonly see, especially for these smaller and mid-sized businesses? What kind of scenarios are they in before they need or before they have brought in an interim executive? Like what kind of scenarios are showing their need for that, the problems that they're having for which that might be the solution? Well, Ben, that's such a great question. And really, the size of company doesn't matter. You, you might argue there are some companies that are simply too small, like thing, uh, companies that are run by a solopreneur or just launching uh, to benefit from interim executive leadership. But really, um, it doesn't take too long before an organization these days starts to see needs for specialization, needs for leadership, needs for clarity and experience in many different areas. And that's the reality of today's marketplace is whether you're a $1 million company or a $1 billion company, there just aren't any more general leadership or even execution roles in most companies. Marketing these days means a million things, right? Uh, technology and operations, there's all different kinds of demands on companies depending on where they're at, what they need, whether they're a global supply chain um, is part of their model or whether they're, they're local. Everyone has different challenges and that's really why the need uh, for interim executives has grown and awareness has been created is because an interim executive is really on-demand talent to solve specific challenges at the very top of an organization. So when I'm working as an interim executive, I'm hired by a company either typically as a CTO or CIO, so I'll, I'll hold the top tech seat, a CEO oh, leading I spoke when I said sales in the introduction, I apologize. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not a sales expert, but, there, yes, but the great sorry. news is for anybody who needs sales expertise, there are tons of great interim executives who do fill chief revenue officer or head of sales type seats. Uh, so I either take top spot leadership, CEO, COO, or CIO typically for an organization. And in terms of what brings them to me, it's whatever is not working in their company. And, and that could be a variety of things. It could be the sudden departure of a key leader and they have an empty seat and they, they need leadership there. Uh, it could be that they're going through a massive turnaround and they, they need an expert who's been there, done that and gotten companies from weakness to health. Uh, it could be that they're taking advantage of massive opportunity and scaling to new levels where they just simply have no expertise. And I see this a lot with young leadership team where there's a, a lot of, you know, raw talent and energy, but they just simply don't have a, as much experience. And so they're not sure what to do. They know what they want to do, but they're not sure if that's a valid strategy, if it'll pay results. And so um, by finding an interim executive, you can bring in talent that has already been there, done that, and solved these types of problems at scale for other companies. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what you've seen on, uh, on people looking for for, for this kind of interim executive, what percent of the time, I guess maybe this is a difficult question to answer, but like what percentage of the time are they facing, facing some sort of huge crisis? Like the first two examples you mentioned, either losing a key person, losing their CEO, COO, whatever, or, uh, or, or they're in some kind of crisis and they need someone to help them get through it and get to the other side alive. You know, as opposed to yep. the third example you gave, which is more like, how can we better capitalize on opportunity and grow more effectively, which is, to me, sound different from the first two examples. What's the breakdown, I guess, of commonality that you see people coming from these different scenarios? And the crisis versus yeah. like opportunity. That's a great question. Yeah, and it's a tough one to answer because the reality of my work is it's somewhat of a mixed bag. You know, there really are not a lot of cut and dried situations where, um, for example, we only need 
help scaling versus solving, you know, really painful problems. Because a lot of times what has brought me into an organization is this notion of hitting the ceiling. So they take a run at something and, and can't get past that barrier, take a run at it again. And so they come to someone like myself and say, we need help getting there. So sometimes it's, it's actually a combination of solving a big problem and getting to the next level. Uh, but in terms of my experience, I'd say maybe 35% of the engagements I've done have been true kind of like turnaround rescue missions or something's in just dire straits. Wow. And, or, you know, maybe even 40%. Early in my career, my specialty was rescuing failing initiatives. So kind of wow. everything fell under that crisis mode. Right. Um, but now it tends to be more about, you know, 60-40, where most of the companies I work with are really smart organizations, but they've just simply run out of ideas or capacity um, or game-changing skills to get to that next level. So it's usually about capitalizing on opportunity and setting the stage for the next level of growth. Okay, got it. And so, okay, now let's say somebody, you know, there are people out there listening to or watching this, and they maybe they see themselves or they see their friend in some of the scenarios that you described. So what are they looking for? What should they be looking for in an interim executive if they're, if they're thinking of using that solution? Yeah, another outstanding question. Um, the, the reality is, is it, the profession and even the notion of an interim executive is not well understood by most, even savvy business people. And part of it is because uh, in our minds and the way that we read about it in the news, oftentimes an interim executive is a placeholder, right? A publicly traded company uh, has some key member leave and to kind of calm everybody you down. About, you write about that in your book, which you have the image behind you, but I, I did yeah. get a copy of the book and you write about that in there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And, you know, so they, they don't even understand. They kind of think it's more of a placeholder to calm people down. But my work is, is change. If there's no large scale change on the table for whatever reason, it's just simply not a good role for me or for most of the practicing interim executives I know. You know, we're not babysitters or placeholders. We're dynamic change agents for organizations. And so what people should know is that, you know, Interim executive leadership can be a great solution. Whenever you have that unmet need, different things bring us there. And in terms of what you look for, it's, I would say someone like myself or interims who are associated with interim execs, uh, which is an organization out of Chicago, which is kind of like the sanctioning body for top performing interims. They're, they're very um, prescriptive in saying, Exactly, interimexecs.org online. And, you know, that, that um, uh, Olivia and Bob who run that organization are thought leaders. And, you know, they essentially said uh, most people who call themselves interims are not what we think of when we talk about interim executive leadership. So I'm, I'm a change agent for companies. And that means if there's no real stakes on the table, I'm just not a good fit. Uh, my personality, personally, I get bored if I'm not going through change, which is one of the reasons I love working as an interim executive. I love solving problems and challenges and then moving on and doing it again and again. Uh, and that's another thing people should look for is real experience for people working as an interim, having a successful track record of, of making these large scale changes. Uh, many people will call themselves an interim executive for different reasons. Maybe they were a consultant before and now they want to move up to more executive rank type consulting. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were a successful executive who is between opportunities and says, oh, I'll go help a company for a period of time. 
But really, a true interim executive combines the skills of uh, an executive level consultant and a great leader, a great executive, to bring both of those perspectives together to help drive organizations through change. And that's such an important notion because when I step into a company, I know I'm not a long-term solution. I might be there for a year or six months or three months or maybe even two years, but the point is I know at some point I'm leaving. So that makes me um, more willing to enter the danger, less afraid of getting fired or my career longevity or things like that. I'm there to solve a problem and I, I certainly wanna do it um, with team spirit and rally everyone around it so that it feels like a win, but I'm clear that the change has to happen, whereas others may not embrace that as kind of boldly. Right, well, so, so, so I, I hear what you're saying, you just to kind of consolidate it. I mean, it sounds like one thing is that you need to be not so much in what you're looking for in the interim executive, but you have to be really clear with yourself that you're looking for the solution if you need and want, or if you know that you need and want uh, some change. That's number one, just in pre-qualifying yourself as a business owner or as a business. Uh, yes. You know, obviously you're talking about looking for, you're talking about looking for uh, experience as an interim executive. Now, you mentioned the example of somebody who is just kind of out of the job and is looking to do it in the meantime, or their consultant looking to go into that, or maybe even someone was a full-time executive and they just want to go into being an interim. Uh, and it's not just between jobs. What What's wrong with that? Like, what are the differences? And another way of asking that is what are the differences in skill that makes someone a good full-time executive versus making someone a good interim? You know, such that it makes a difference if they have actual yeah. interim experience previously or Sure. Yeah, I would say it's it's like anything in life, right? It, you ideally want a, an experienced plumber to come and work on your plumbing, not someone who has maybe done one toilet or something and thinks right. they can scale that. And I'm certainly not um, diminishing the accomplishments of other people, but I think it's easy to think that you can be successful working as an outsider in an organization if you've been on the inside. But the reality is, is the job is different and there's more more um, factors involved. Like, you know, I still have to manage client and expectations. So a lot of times I'm brought in by the CEO and I'm reporting up to that person. I have to manage their expectations and I have to use some indirect leadership um, to influence outcomes. This person is still more powerful than me. They, they engage the me and brought me into the organization. Authority? I'm sorry? You mean because of, like a, because of an absence of actual authority or therefore you have to use influence more? Well, so when I'm hired as an interim, so suppose I'm sitting in the operation seat, I have, I have the full authority to lead that organization. So I have budget, I can hire and fire, and ultimately I'm accountable for results. But what I never lose sight of is somebody actually hired me and brought me into that organization, and I have to make that person happy. And a lot of times that is not simply a discussion where I say we should do X, Y, and Z, and they say, okay, it requires influence, it requires savvy, it requires some indirect coaching and leadership to bring people around to the right idea. So a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm rallying the executive team so that we all see things together and I then go and execute what we all agree is, is necessary. And a lot of times if you've simply worked in industry, you've never had to manage a client or, or as an outsider or those expectations or create wins with people who you didn't hire and who might simply view you as an outsider even if you have the direct authority over them. 
you know, there's a lot of times when I'll show up on an engagement and in the beginning, the team is kind of like, oh, this guy's flavor of the month. We'll play along for a little while and he'll probably go away. But the reality is, is I'm there until the job is done and I've got to win hearts and minds and, you know, be crafty in how it is that I build team spirit. I can't simply step in as an authoritarian leader and start demanding change because these people don't know me, they don't trust me, and they certainly might not like me if that's my approach. So over 30 years of working in these high pressure engagements with lots of difficult and conflicting personalities, I've developed lots of skills to bring people together when conflict is on the table. Right, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good example in terms of like winning hearts and minds, using influence rather than just authority. And you know what, what you said about, you know, like trying to, strategically finding some small and, and quick wins that you can get to build up momentum. And talk about that in the book too, in terms of yes. building up momentum and, uh, you, know, you know, kind of a moral, moral kind of feeling and morale that you build up, uh, which is, yeah, something that you, you know, you don't necessarily have to deal with in, uh, in uh, you know, as a full-time executive. Although there's an interesting book, I don't know if you've seen it, but the first 90 days, about how to succeed in a new executive role. Um, yes. not, not necessarily executive role, but he talks about similar ideas there that if you're new in a role, you really kind of have to sell the people around you and the people and new people under you, maybe who used to be your colleagues, also require those kind of early wins. Yeah, and a, and a lot of this comes back to, uh, again, the experience. So what do people, what should people look for in an outside leader or uh, an interim executive? Well, frankly, that they've been there and done that related to their problem, uh, maybe their size organization. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to hear from people their direct experience, how they've solved these types of challenges before successfully and hopefully many times over. Um, when people, and so, I find the best way to get a really good feel for an interim executive is to sit down and talk with that person about your particular challenges, goals, wants, needs, desires, and allow that person to respond to how they've seen these things, solved these things, helped companies get strong in areas where they're weak before. That's usually what creates the confidence that this person's the right, right. fit for me. Right. No, that's a, I mean, that's an excellent example, right? And obviously you can see by asking somebody about the kinds of situations that you're facing, uh, if they talk about how they've done that before, it's, you know, likelihood is they're not actually lying. So they've actually seen that before, they've been there and they've done that, which is, is a key thing that you need here. And if you're looking for an interim executive, I know one way of finding that is you talked about interimexecs.org. How do we use that site? What's the idea of it? Yeah, so the idea is, um, it's really interesting. Bob and Olivia have, have um, been doing this for a very long time. And maybe about uh, around the time I met them five, six years ago, um, they had really transformed the organization. They used to have many more members, but what they realized was a lot of these folks aren't true interims the way that we view it. Um, maybe they're more consultants, maybe they're more in-industry executives calling themselves interims. So what they do is, is they've set a very high bar for who they will uh, kind of call or consider an interim executive, and it's based on many of the things I've already mentioned, but they're, they're thought leaders in that they said, really what we are is change agents, right? And if you're not, if that's not your personality or the work that you do, you're probably not going to create enough value for an organization. You may even be unwilling or unprepared to do the things that, that are going to be demanded of you. And that can actually hurt the, the profession and the notion of what interim executive is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like anything. If you have a bad experience with something, then you're mm -hmm. less inclined to want to do it again. So they're trying to raise the bar and really separate out some of these myths and misconceptions about what interim executive leadership is. 
So now I know they have this red team, the rapid executive deployment team. Is that is that the entirety now of inter, of interim execs? Is is the is the red team, or is there another level, sort of below that? Yeah, so I've been on the red team for many years. I, I believe I'm a founding member of it, and um, this is really kind of you know, for lack of a better term, the best of the best. Um, so these are folks who have um, really been there, done that a lot, and who um, have a proven track record of success. They've been successful many times over, and they are willing and able to be rapidly deployed to solve problems. So the red team is really almost like a team approach. So an organization may say, wow, you know, we, we just suddenly have hit this operational barrier that we can't get over. And so Bob and Olivia would quickly assess, well, what is actually going on? And maybe they need a team approach. Maybe they actually need someone in ops and someone in technology mm -hmm. and someone in finance to bring these perceptions and perspectives together and create a whole plan. So it's really a team approach that is uh, quick and on demand for companies that are in immediate need and they need ideally more than just one person or one uh, set of expertise. Interesting. And uh, I guess, you know, get, getting near running out of time, but want to also know, um, I guess, what are some of the things that you've seen go wrong? Where someone, okay, they know things are going wrong, they know they need change, uh, and then it's bringing in an executive and things didn't go well, right? So they, you know, maybe make it more concrete some of the stuff that you've been talking about with how to make the right pick. Uh, what's some of the, you know, have you heard of, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe people that your clients used before you, or situations you heard of, what are some big mistakes that you've sure. heard of or people made in picking an interim exec or hiring one? Yeah, well, um, I think it's all about fit. So like we talked about, um, do they have the skills, the experience, but also do they have the personality, right? If someone does not rub you the right way right off the bat, it's probably gonna be hard to trust and work with that person and empower them. Um, so it really is about finding a good fit for your needs your, that matches well with your team, uh, is able to lead a, a team below them of the size that's there. Like, you know, someone who's led a 10 person team may not be as successful leading a 300 person team, right? So, right. you know, there's all those fit things, but really in terms of the, the mistakes I've seen is, uh, and it's not really a mistake, but it's a reality, is many times when I sit with a business owner or a key executive who's engaging me, um, they're telling me uh, of a problem or a need through their eyes. And when I get on site and I start my work, a lot of times that's not actually the problem. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, many companies will engage me as their first chief technology officer because there's a smart companies typically growing fast. They do all the things that they're able to do. They streamline operations, they create process, they build the team, and eventually they run out of results. And so the natural conclusion is, oh, we need technology. Let's get a technology officer. Mm -hmm. But automating bad process or inefficiency does not create a better result. So right. a lot of times what will happen is I'll sit in the CTO seat but say, well, our problem is actually operations. If we just fix problems that have very little to do with technology, we can actually get way further than we think. And in fact, we've got to solve those things so that technology later can produce a result. So I would say it's not a mistake, but it's a misconception about what the true need is. And, and an experienced interim can really help focus in on that. Um, and, you know, back in my tech days, the number one need I saw was alignment of, of basic business principles with these important initiatives. So when I rescued these failing projects, you would think these were all cutting edge, first of their kind technology solutions. So you would think, well, the technology was the reason that the project was failing. Not even once was it the technology or the tech team.
It was oftentimes we had never been clear on what are the business goals? What are the scope? What are the budget? Who are the key stakeholders who have to be made happy? So it's by you know aligning those simple business principles with the work the interim needs to do that really sets you on the glide path for great results. Right. I hear it. Look, I'm, I'm really glad you were able to come on and share, uh, you know, and share this tool that maybe, you know, we talk a lot about fractional leadership uh, on, on, on this show and in my own practice as a fractional integrator for companies running on EOS, like an outsourced COO, for those who aren't familiar. And I think that this is really, really good that we we're able to cover this today and talk about, uh, you know, that kind of massive change that's needed for whatever reason, again, to, to capitalize on opportunity or to, overcome some major crisis or obstacle uh, or because of a, you know or what or even whether that crisis is just you know your COO or CEO leaving but uh, yeah. or something like that or you know head of marketing or head of sales what, what whatever it might be so yeah. I appreciate you you know explaining this tool a lot better and sure. you know continuing as you did with the book and as you do in your other platforms with with, with getting knowledge out there more about interim executives as a as a solution that businesses can use well, thank you. Uh, do I have time to add just two more quick points? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so one thing I'd want people to know is there's really kind of two ways to engage an interim. Um, sometimes it's full-time leadership, like that person will step yeah, into a seat and work five days a week for however long in that seat. Uh, but a lot of organizations are benefiting from what you just mentioned, which is fractional interim executive leadership. So I might be a two day a week CTO to an organization, and I may have a couple of different companies I'm working with at a given time. And um, the other thing that I, I should have mentioned in, in my intro is, uh, is about EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. So people may say, well, how does that fit with interim executive? And, and the reality is, is I have two business lines. Companies that need an outside expert to drive change from the inside of the organization out, those are the ones who are looking for interim executives with knowledge that they, their team might not have and experience and things like that. Uh, as an EOS implementer, I help executive teams get strong themselves. So it's almost an outside-in approach by teaching EOS, which is a, a collection a framework of business best practices and simple tools that allow companies to get clear vision, traction in the form of discipline and accountability, and ultimately improve company and team health. So I do both, and my EOS work is not as an interim executive. I'm helping companies be their own change agent when I'm doing that work. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an important distinction. Uh, obviously, two completely different things, but you know, depending on the need, helping people overcome different kinds of ceilings that they're hitting. Yep. Uh, depending on what they need. Yeah, and it's all about meeting companies where they're at. You know, that's a really important thing, especially if you're looking at an interim executive. You know, that person may not understand the challenges of a 10-person organization if they're coming out of five, you know, Fortune 500 industry or something. So I'm always trying to meet companies where they're at, and if I don't feel I can do that, I'm just not a good fit. Right, right, and yeah, it, I think it's important for people to understand what you said before is that they may think they know what their issues are, but that may not necessarily be the real underlying issue. That may be more of a symptom. Exactly. Um, and so, so it, it's it's valuable even when you're having a conversation with somebody before you've hired an interim or whoever uh, that they can you know be open-minded to. The fact that they may have a different diagnosis that may actually go deeper than what you're aware of at the moment when you're having the conversation. That, that is 100% correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, thank you very much for, for sharing this. It's great having you on and look forward to staying in touch. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. And thanks for coming. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thank you.
You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. <laughs>